You are listening to the oneofus.net podcast network. Oneofus.net has been your one-stop shop for all things geek for years. But there's a side to them many of you have never heard. The subscription side. Subscribe and listen to great podcasts like The Breakfast Club, The Original Gentleman, and the Watch a Movie With Us series. Head on over to oneofus.net and don't forget your towel. There's so many places you can find somebody likes it. You can um, subscribe directly to us on iTunes or you can also get at us on Stitcher. Tell your friends because everybody loves a podcast. It's been a while since you said that, Kevin. I know. It, I used, to be, it used to be a uh, staple of, of every... What, what did he say? Because Mark said, all right, Shane, I'm coming at you. And Kevin said, Shane's coming out. Oh, the, yeah, that yeah. was like an everything. It, it was like, an everyday it, thing for several years. Yes, we it's, just, it's like the chalice uh, we, has we, disappeared as we, well. We just beat, the, beat that disco line into submission until we could no longer utter it. <laughs> I just want to say one thing real quick. We, we won't dally very long here uh, before we play theme dilly music. Dilly dally, as it were. Dilly dally, dilly. Dilly, that's, a, that's something that's that, like your your great uncle would say. Yeah, but that needs don't to be dilly said dally. more. Don't dilly dally. I mean, more people should say. I think we should. I don't understand. Like you know, like a, a lot of times, like somebody will say like some some kind of old slang, and they're like, "I'm going to bring that back." You can't really bring back dilly dally. I tried to bring back no doy, and it didn't take. Well, and if you brought back dilly dally, and it took a long time, I mean, isn't that appropriate? Like, wouldn't you think that that would just take a? Oh, I knew yeah, you were going to be yeah. on fire. Uh, Since the second we walked in the door, Kevin just been like, boom, 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 just yeah. just throwing darts, throwing dad, dad, dad darts. darts, dad darts. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. So what were you? What were you oh, doing? oh, so just real quick. So for some reason, I hear like songs on the way over here that um, I never. You're not gonna infect the rest of. The no, 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 no. I already talked to you about about, about Bon Jovi. No, I was listening to. Um, Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. And Guns N' Roses is decent. That first record is behind a, that record. Yeah, that's a, it's a really good, decent record. However, Sweet Child of Mine, he can't hide behind the loud guitars and stuff. And so, dude, those are some of the dumbest fucking lyrics I have ever heard in my entire life. Let me just, in case you, I pulled them up on my phone, but um, let me let me just tell you a couple of them. Um. She's got eyes of the bluest skies, as if they thought of rain. I hate to look into those eyes and see an ounce of pain. Her hair reminds me of a <laughs> safe place where as a child I lie and pray for the thunder and the rain to quietly pass me by. What? Like, number one, like... The those, fact- the, those are like... Uh- like Noel Gallagher lyrics. No, dude, they're, they're, it's those are like shit that you like write on the back of a book cover when you're in eighth grade about the girl that's sitting exactly. in front of you that like you have a crush on. Noel Gallagher. Okay, lyrics. well, yeah, right. About sure. as profound. Have a great summer. No, no. Well, see, but here's the thing about Noel Gallagher is that he can string together words that rhyme that sound like when you first hear them that they might be about something. Slowly walking down the hall, faster than a cannonball. Hey, that's the, what, that, dude? <laughs> what? What the fuck is that? <laughs> but, see, but that's the thing about Noel Gallagher is like, it, upon reflection, you're like, what? What the fuck that are you That means fucking it's nothing. nonsense. Yeah. Like, yeah, Noel Gallagher's like, but see, this is, this is what's kind of so pathetic. About, I mean, don't get me wrong, pathetic all the way to the goddamn bank. But but fucking Axel like that's that's all that song needed. Yeah, and there yep. you go. Yeah, that anyway. song sounds like eighth grade to me. So. It it does sound like eighth grade. All right, um, all right, kids. I'm Shane. Ryan. I'm Kevin. I'm Mark. Somebody likes it. Father John Misty, frequent, um, frequent subject, a uh, uh, topic uh, on this, yeah, on this here podcast. On, on this show. Uh, I, I, isn't he the only one? The only one uh, that, unless we're doing like a 
like a specialty week or something that he's popped up. He's, we've had two albums by. I mean, we've had two pavement albums and stuff like Yola Tingo, but those were yeah, like. Yeah, but those were like those specialty were like deals. Specialty, yeah. Uh, I think you might be right on that. Uh, never, never boring. Uh, but he appeared. He on, is never boring. Yeah, he appeared on Saturday Night Live with a giant horn section and like a bass saxophone, which I'd never seen. Before. Were they was never, it never giant in the sense saxophone. that there were a lot of horns, or were they just like really big people? Just with really horns. tall people. With oh, okay, <laughs> that's, that's tiny <laughs> horns. I just kind of yeah, had this idea when he said that, like <laughs> they're like really right, exactly. They're like little toy horns, and yeah. like really tall. You're Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> with a tiny saxophone. <laughs> Anyway, I'm just the co-pilot, Kevin. Yes, exactly. Uh, anyhow, uh, for some reason, uh, NPR decided to uh, publish the lyrics uh, of the songs that uh, he needed to, of course, uh, as one does on SNL. And they're kind of the opposite of Sweet Child of Mine. Uh, <laughs> like, total entertainment forever. Like, the first three words are already gold. Betting Taylor Swift. Every night inside the Oculus Rift. And I'm going to skip around a little bit, but there's some stuff. It, uh, like, he, that guy is just constantly, <laughs> what no did, gods to rule us, no drugs to soothe us, no myths to prove uh, stuff, no love to confuse us. Not bad for a race of demented monkeys. <laughs> didn't, didn't, wasn't it t- Taylor Swift songs that he did in the, or what, who was it? He did, he did the, the cover did, of the cover. He did uh, the, he did oh, the oh, cover right, of the right, Ryan, right, Adams Ryan Adams. Of Ryan Adams. Of Ryan Adams. Style of Lou Reed. In the si- style of Lou Reed in Velvet, <laughs> Velvet Underground, which if you can still find it online, which I, I'm sure it's still No, it's amazing. It's really great. It's really It's, it's fantastic. Like, yeah. we highly recommend it. But uh, the, the last uh, couple stanzas are, when the historians find us, we'll be in our homes, plugged into our hubs, skin and bones, a frozen smile on every face. As the stories replay, this must have been a wonderful place. Like, that dude can write. Yeah, yeah. He sells it too, man. It's funny. I just was thinking about uh, that song on the um, on his first record, Fear Fun, where it's like uh, that um, Canadian shaman came <laughs> too many mushrooms. I can't remember the exact line, but... Um, yeah, well, didn't he, like, attend a Taylor Swift concert in Australia and take acid? Yeah, something like that. I, I saw that. And just wrote a really erudite uh, essay about it. Yeah, never dull. No. Uh, Shane, what do you got for us this week? All right. So we're going to um, listen to the Go to Beds and um, the, their album from 2014, Four People Are Revolting, which um, poor, pe- poor people, time. not four people. Poor people are revolting, which, you know, <laughs> it's like, there's, which there's four? M- multiple. Yeah, I know, which four people. <laughs> uh, well, never mind. I was going to get political there for a second. Um, so uh, yeah, they you can take that in a couple of different ways. You know what I really like about this? This is this is this band re- just it reminds me of being twenty two and in a sweaty club. Oh, Beerland. Like, yeah, yeah, or Electric Lounge. Like like a few years ago when I was like kind of you know working with bands a little bit more, I was in a lot of situations where they would have fit perfectly on whatever yes. bill that was. Yeah, they, and I like that they 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 have revived the um, the punky pun, as it were. There's several uh-huh. song titles on here. But so I heard this band um, a couple of weeks ago on Sound Opinions, NPR show, great show. Um, don't really ever catch it, but I happened to catch them and it, they were playing live. They uh, this they were playing mostly songs off their new record, their newer record. Um, well, this came out what twenty fourteen. This came out in twenty fourteen. Last year, twenty sixteen, they had a they had a newer record. But um, oh, I heard the uh, what's the I don't know what the full title. It's New York's all right, but there's a full song title. It's like New York's all right if you like. There's there's a longer title. It's like parenthetical. Um, I heard that and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna throw Ryan a bone on. This. Oh no, I appreciate it, man. <laughs> like the. The second I started listening to it, I was like, "Oh, Shane." <laughs> yeah, no, I I figured. I love like, you, man. Um, <laughs> oh, I love that the the album after this. By the way, it's called Blood Sugar Sex Traffic, but it's like sex, like secretaries. That's their whole thing. Is that that they go? That's their wanna. S E C S. Yeah, this they're like they se- come back to it a lot. There's apparently. like sex machine, but that's like regular. I don't know. Sex tape. Sex. No, oh no 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 no. I don't. Yeah. Know. Oh, yeah, on this yeah. record. On this the record. Last, well, the last yeah. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Fucking machine is what I'm thinking. 
Oh, I just accidentally turned on the shit. Yeah, fucking machine. Which, by the way, I just want to say this before we start talking about this band. I really, really, really appreciate that in the song "Fucking Machine," they sample um, "Everybody Dance Now" by CNC Music. Oh Factory. yeah, no, a broad smile over here. Yes, that yeah. came on. Yeah, Ryan, why don't you tell? Why don't you tell us how you felt about this one? I, I just love it uh, with every fiber of my being. <laughs> I mean, it's that's not, me, okay. That's that sound, by the way, is the sound of me like. Slam dunking for Ryan. I, yeah, no, you you totally did. Knocked it out of the park. You know, bottom of the ninth, two outs, bases loaded. Uh, yeah, slam dunk. <laughs> well, and you got to remember that Ryan is the person that's brought us, I believe, two parquet court uh, tracks to cover at different parts of the show. So this is definitely well, in the, in the Stooges. And well, I was going to say, like like also, like, there's like that that fucking like proto punk and punk shit, basically from like 1972 to 1979. Ryan like well, I mean, like in, in this in in the best way, this record had me like trying to define whether or not this is punk, and then event, eventually I was just like, I don't care. It's just fucking good rock it's music. It's punk e, you know, like it's, it's yeah. In the in the same way that that like Nirvana's Nevermind is punky, and right, but the first Strokes record is punky, but like this is where punk should have. I gone. mean, these guys are from Philly, right? But no, uh, uh, Pittsburgh. Okay, well, yeah. Pennsylvania, close. Um, yeah. So they Pe- uh, people in. Uh, Philadelphia would probably be pissed at you for <laughs> or vice that. versa. Well, that's because they want to fucking be – they'd rather be living in Pittsburgh than fucking Philadelphia. But, I mean, that's a whole other story. But, I mean, this record sounds like like late 70s New York in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. With a little bit of like – just a little bit of California hardcore with a, with a sense of humor. Like it's, it's more jokey. Yeah. Like, I mean, these guys, you can definitely tell like they have influences, obviously. Um, but they just sound like them. Like it, it's not like any one thing necessarily uh, sticks out, except for on affection. They kind of sound like uh, oh, those uh, fucking Gang of Four. Yes. Oh, oh, got a little oh, bit of, oh, right, right, right. They've yeah, got a little okay, bit of Gang okay, of Four okay, thing going that. on, and it's just musically. But yeah, there's a little bit of Gang of Four there, but like more, more, more than not, uh, or more, more so than that, like Wire. Uh, and I can, I can hear these things, but like it's not like beat me over the head like a lot of. Stuff that we'll, that we'll cover that's kind of newish. The only thing for me, like, okay, so this album, personally, like, it, it kind of, in a way, I enjoyed it about as much as last. I like the love record we listened to last time. Um, I like this more, but it reminded me. I, I just wish there were there were there were there were a couple of fucking home run standout tracks. I just wish there were a few more of them on there. The whole record is it's a great listen. Like all the way through, like I love it. I'd love to listen, have it on vinyl. I just wish there were just a couple more that really, like that New York's the right song that generate generations. By the way, that's another punny one. It's Jenna, like a like a like a female's name. Mm-hmm. Rash, Jenna like, rations. Rash, yeah, no, it occurred to me that 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 would be like the roller derby name of like whatever yes. that's. Well, yeah, yeah, of this record, yeah, yeah. totally. What what really impressed me about this though is is like I've been to so many shows where it was this type of band, and then when they actually lay the stuff down. You know, to record it, it doesn't translate the way it sounds yeah, live. And sense. this sounds like this sounds like this. They capture the energy of their live well, show, and that's that's what I'm saying. Like, I love the way that this album sounds. Like, personally, my, for myself, I wish there had been just a couple more like real standout tracks because they're obviously capable of it. Um, I like. I, there's not a song on here that I. Well, and, we, and we've got South by coming up next week, so now I want to go see if like they're going to be in town because it looks like that they're at that kind of point in their career where it would make a lot of sense to come. So at some point, I'll figure that out. Right. Well, fuck it, man. Well, let's. Why don't we just? Uh, why don't we listen to one of these? Why don't we listen to that New York's All Right and uh, come back and, uh, and and chat. That's a good ass song. 
Yeah, man. Like, that song is just fun. And, like, I was trying to tell you this while you were bartending the other day. Like, this is a, a band in the most literal way. Like, they're banded, they sound like they're having fun with each other, and they they know exactly. Well, that's another thing. Like, when I heard their, when I heard them on the um, on that they were playing live. show, they were playing live, and they just fucking sounded great live. So, um, yeah. They sound like they, they, they love playing with each other. Hey, by the way, so there And if you took any one of them out of the equation, it would be just the, different the, and wrong. The parenthetical on this song, it's uh, so it's New York's All Right, and the parenthetical is if you like sex and phones. S-E-C-S? No, it's just regular sex, oh, okay. but if you like sex and phones, so. All right, well, I'm, uh, I, like, I like both of those things, and I guess maybe I'd like New York. Yeah, <laughs> New York's All Right. Yeah, I don't know. What's up, Kevin? I see you have some... some he has notes. You have notes. Yeah, something occurs to me. So um, I was reading through the NPR piece on this album, and one of the things that they note in it, it says, you know, we talked a little bit about the fact that the band comes from Pittsburgh. It says the go-to-bed go to members come from Pittsburgh, PA, a place notorious for keeping great local bands to itself, but the racket these guys kick up in their first album, Poor People Revolting, might be too strong for the city to contain, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, it occurs to me, if that's true, like if Pittsburgh keeps good bands to itself i mean they're pretty upfront with mr rogers like put, well, he, give us some good he, bands he too he man. wasn't a band no he was he was not a band but they're they're putting mr rogers out everywhere and uh wait, and, I, and I, I think it'd be on great this podcast yes uh, exactly wait wait, 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 wait I'm, I'm confused like what what is the uh, Mr. Rogers. Fred Rogers was from Pittsburgh, and I think that show taped out of the. Um, yeah, there's a lot of that PBS, PBS that comes out. I thought out it was there. like Philadelphia. Mm. You're just you having all kinds those of trouble. Two cities in a big bad I, way. <laughs> well, I mean, it is a lot sleepier. Like if you, you know, in the beginning of the Mr. Rogers show, like it's it is a lot sleepier than Philly. If it were in Philadelphia, there'd be like people getting shot and like condoms on the street and stuff like you know it's a lot more like use needles use needles yeah 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 anyway i just i just think it's interesting that they were you know pittsburgh as a city you know you got your like, fred rogers you got your you got your fred quasi punk bands yeah exactly <laughs> yeah I, I really think that like they keep it keep them to themselves uh just generally means that like not a whole lot of great bands have broken out of pittsburgh <laughs> but i just want to point i think kip out. winger was from from pittsburgh Actually, I, I weirdly you just know what? those we watched, weird things we, I knew. We watched. Uh, uh, you were not here, Ryan. We like a couple years ago. I I went ahead and and played the video for in in a few minutes with for um. I don't think you were here for seventeen by Winger. I don't think Are you so. familiar with the yeah. song? I know the song. Uh, she the chorus is she's only seventeen. Daddy says she's too young, but she's old enough for me. The oh, guy's like charming. in his thirties. Yeah. <laughs> yes, charming. The fucking eighties. This, those are just. This is just sleaze bags. Well, it, yeah, Ringo Starr did that cover. It was like she's sixteen, she's beautiful, and she's mine. Oh yeah, that's right. Anyway, I want to. I want to throw in one more piece for one more little snippet from this NBR review. They say, "Were these guys from New York City? They'd probably be too tired and broke to play this with this level of fevered, feral." Uh, inspiration, but with no fear of being priced out, they launch into one of the greatest arguments against Big Apple living with their single "New York's All Right." Like the album's title, the song's a double-edged sword couching the relative excitement of New York and hearing all about it from everyone who's moved there against the reality of people sh uh, staring into their cell phones on crowded sidewalks constantly trying to maintain a standard of living that the go-to-beds can enjoy for next to nothing. So, anyway, I just it's, like a, it's like a Chamber of Commerce <laughs> argument from the, from <laughs> the NPR guy. So, we're, so Mark has, like, behind on the monitor here, it's, it's a... It's a it's their sub-pop oh, uh, thing. They're so great. It. But I just, I just... It's all incredibly funny, but, but this is, the, I think, the funniest thing. It said, and sure, their live shows have often been compared to an all-night party where I feared for my life and the lives of everybody in the five-block radius. <laughs> it just sounds like you wrote it, dude. <laughs> I think we have the same sense of humor. It's true. Yeah. No, it's... Uh, it is. It is quite something. If you get a chance, go go take a look at. Yeah, this, where is uh, this? It's like on. It's, a, it's, it's the on the sub pop. It's their sub pop band yeah. page. Yeah, uh, these guys are pretty funny. Like, uh, but uh, you know, like that song. Oh, well, they, 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 they combine like serious raw talent. Like they, they're actually good songs, but they don't take themselves too seriously. No, but uh, can I? All I gang up for. It's oh god! Don't even <laughs> get me started about fucking game. Like the, the Karl Marx goes on spring break. Um the they uh they are the oral equivalent of like the feeling of 
to me of being like sweaty in a fucking tiny club where there, what, where there's no air conditioning. Wait, yeah, why, totally. why don't these clubs have air conditioning? By the way, it's hot as fuck. And there's like 150 it's or more two. authentic shame. Well, there's like it's one, also there's, cheaper. There's like cheaper is is about right. I remember like clubs like Liberty Lunch or like the Black Cap. They have the doors open too, so I guess they're not trying to air condition the street. You know. Yeah. You know, by the way, like. That's kind of one, that's a kind of an uh, for me that's a very annoying phrase like uh, what air condition I'm the not, street hey are you trying to air condition the street close the door like there's a certain kind of person that says that that just makes me think of like leaving the uh, refrigerator door open when I was a kid and I get in all kinds of trouble like not like, trying to air, air well not trying to refrigerate the kitchen or whatever yeah yeah right but no this this whole re- this record reminds like okay so I saw. Um, the OCs. This would have been like 2010 or something. I thought at, you were, for at, a second you were going to be talking about that fucking show that was on Fox. I know OC. what you're talking about, Ryan. Oh yes. Uh, no, not not that show about Orange County. No, I saw the band, the OCs, T H E E O H S E E S, at Beerland during South by, and that place was fucking packed. Probably like a fire hazard, except for that. Those guys can get loud. Yeah, and it was just everybody was just like they were right in the middle of the club, not on the stage for some reason, and it was just super sweaty, and everybody was super excited. This record makes me feel that way. That's what I'm saying. It's like the oral, like I have like synesthesia kind of when I listen to this like record. Yeah, you like get transported to that place. Yeah, it's like it's the oral equivalent of like I can taste purple. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'm seeing seven and I don't plaid. I don't know. (laughs) All right, let's do another one of these songs. Um, What you want? I think the other real standout track is is that Generations Generations song. Generations. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's spelled gener, but I think I think what they're going for is generations. Like that's what I think. I don't know. Could all be right, wrong. Let's just listen to it and decide for all ourselves. Right, all right. All right. Totally concur that that is uh, a standout track, and it's got like bells in it, you know, like the the giant bells that you would knock with a hammer. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And that's Glockenspiel. I guess it, it's kind of like well, I think Glockenspiel are more like uh, right right in front of you, but it was like the big stand up like tubular bells that you knock on, but like they used it to great effect, and uh, I appreciate it. And it also reminds me a little, and it's, it's a less crass way of doing it, but there's a Buzzcock song called Orgasmatic. It's a good song. It's a great song, but yeah, in this one, it's like she can't be alone. You know, it's just it, it's personal critique by way of punk rock, and I appreciate that. I knew you were gonna fucking love this record, man. Yeah, dude. No, you. You knew. <laughs> Ryan's eyes are just like they're like all lit up. He's, I'm a Twitter. <laughs> that's good stuff. No, man, that's fucking Buzzcocks. By the way, we should we should have one of their records on this. That's a band that I I, I know th- I have their greatest hits, and so I know a bunch of their stuff, but I've I never love, listened to an yeah, old LP. Yeah, they're a great band. I, I never think it's one of those bands you, you hear every time you hear one of their songs. You're like, oh fuck! I, I saw the, I, I saw them in the nineties at Emos, and they were probably in their mid to late fifties, and they still fucking brought it. Like they were super solid. Yeah, that's good stuff. Kevin, you got something over there? You know. I mean, <laughs> I think that's a stopgap measure right there. Yeah, no, you might um, be a redneck if <laughs> your house collapses and it kills more than one dog. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, no, that's, yeah, uh, I thought this phrase kind of stuck with me. A little another snippet from that same NPR review. They're, this guy refers to them as a rowdy, ramshackle party house of a band built on the intersecting bedrock of post-punk and indie rock. On Poor People Are Revolting. There's something crazy going on in every room, the front porch and the backyard, a party that never dies down or seems to stop even as the neighbors complain and the cops drive past. 
that was like the best I'm summation with you on that. Yeah. of this round. <laughs> it's like there are so many things that I, basically that just says what we've been taught. Like uh, the other thing I was thinking about is like is house parties where there's a band in the backyard kind of thing. Like, yeah, and you can go in and like or, or like a band in the living room or whatever. Band in the living room, right? It's right. kind of like one of those. And the cops show up and everybody clears out, but the band just keeps playing because they don't notice. Like that. Yeah. yeah. Till well, somebody all the gets people shot. Who are, who are twenty and under clear out. Everybody else who's you know got the beers like fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I uh, uh You weren't with me when when uh, I was at that party that got busted when I was twenty one, but everybody I was with was younger. Uh my I friend don't, I don't my think friend so. Ken got arrested, but the best thing about it was it was like in this little like kind of Melrose place type courtyard um apartment complex and some guys on the third floor started playing the cops theme bad boys bad boys <laughs> and while all these people were getting arrested <laughs> that's that's pretty it was great funny, man yeah oh, i just hung out because i was like fuck it I'm yeah no, i definitely i definitely um have done my time or had done my time at plenty of parties busted up by the cops before I turned 21. And oh, like, yeah. I've, tried I've, to I've spent a little time in the Hooskow. When, when I was, when I was th- this is off the beat path. When I was in high school, we had a big party, and uh, we got we got busted. And, like, idiots, because my friend's grandparents were out of town, and, like, fucking idiots, we had one the next night, and it got busted. But that time, we were smart about it, and we had, like, a secret place where we hid all the booze. And, like, they basically were just there with their hands on their hips. Because they're like, these fucking idiots. Like, they have a party get busted like we all got tickets and then the next night we did it again that's why you shouldn't put 17 year olds in prison because you make really dumb decisions because your brain isn't formed yet it's true uh i couldn't agree more we were talking about music at some point yeah yeah i know i know but i this this band starts making me think about house parties and shit like no it just puts you in that feeling it being like 22 years old and like you know sweaty and all right at some point we should probably get to the intermission uh, oh, all who's right. got it this week? Kevin has it this week. All right. Well, let's play some intermission music. And, go uh, do it. Cool. What? What is it? So, yeah, we're uh, we're halfway through the show, and that typically means that this is time for us to regale you with another track. And typically the way that this a all... A few minutes with. Yes, in a few minutes with. Um, well, we're going to spend a few minutes with a different track. Um, I, I want to say before I reveal what the track is, that sometimes when I choose the track for uh, for the inter- what we call the intermission segment sometimes, that is uh, intentionally like... A little bit of a pivot or a sorbet or like something that is intended to be like kind of a palate cleanser from whatever it is that we've been listening to. I'm glad that you clarified that because I was just thinking like a pivot and a sorbet or or no, I I get it. I get it. But for a second there, I was like doing something a little bit different. It's a it's a culinary pivot. Yeah, I know. I understand. Anyway, yeah. So what I'm saying is this is not that. This is uh this this uh, the band that right in line with. Where have we been? The band that, yeah, the band that we've been listening to made me think of something else that I haven't listened to in a while, and I was like, oh, that band was really great, and um, one of the better live shows I've ever seen at at South by Southwest, which is coming up. So the the band uh, is a band from Manhattan, Kansas, called Ultimate Fake Book, um, and uh, they put out a record in 1999 called This Is Laughing Week, and uh, we're going to listen to a track off of that record and um i think it's called tell me what you want so um there's not a video for this but uh but the song's worth uh well that really only matters for us yeah well theater of the mind shane let's do it
so my my memory of seeing that band at South by was they were playing some shitty no name you know garbage bar on Sixth Street. Sounds about right. And uh, and I name one that now I would buy one and shitty garbage shitty, shitty no name garbage bar. <laughs> shitty shitty no name garbage bar. Yeah, but anyway, they're like the bar the bar that they were playing in itself was like not anything interesting, but it was one of those where they flew they threw the doors open and the windows were open and and that whole place was like a cauldron on the inside of like you know just uh you know a little bit of a mosh thing going on and then there was a you know a crowd on the sidewalk that was kind of doing the same thing but with a lot more room so anyway it was uh you know one of the you know at the, at the time one of the more memorable shows that I've caught and and uh the other thing that I was a little bit struck by was like you know there's no way like that is that's about as tight as a band can get. Like yeah, they're just pretty tight. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, that was an ultimate fake book uh, off there. This is Laughing Week record. Oh, nice little little pop song. It's a ditty. Yeah, a little. Well, yeah. And I, I looked up their Wikipedia while we were listening to that, and it it says they're a power pop band, but I I think they're kind of like between like the Posies and like Blink One Eighty Two. Well, so I was gonna say huh. Jimmy Eat World. Like, yeah, it was like, like the, the Posies and Jimmy Eat World. Like, and there was a little Elvis Costello in there sometimes, a little bit with his voice for sure. But it, it, yeah, it sounded like I don't know. I like the band better than I like the vocalist. Um, yeah. No, well, that's the reason. It's that style of singing that was really predominant in that that in that, in that era. era, like the Blink Way too, like the the really effectless flat, like no vibrato. Like well, they, I, I don't emo, know. It, I just it just makes me think of like um, chain wallets and synchronized jumping. Oh, well, it's it's a very specific style, but like. But better. Th- I think this band was better than no, that, most that of those. That, Brian's that, version of the Olympics is weird. Hey, yeah, I, I did. I did very much appreciate since we uh, since a couple of months ago. I I picked a Poison record that these guys swan song album was called "Open Up and Say Awesome." Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. A wink and a nudge. Fun. Yeah, good times. Yeah. Oh, Poison. So anyway, yeah, that was uh, that was Ultimate Fake Book. I I've never looked. I assume that they have an Ultimate Facebook uh, Ultimate Fake Book page, but. <laughs> Grown, <laughs> yeah, grown, whatever. Grown, yeah, yeah. Well, you knew he was on fire from the time you fucking got here today. It's true. Yeah, we're not going to. He's your that. goddamn brother, right? We're. Hey, I'm not. T- I'm not taking responsibility. He came first. Yep. <sighs> the ultimate fake book, Facebook. It is. All right. Yes. It is. Anyway, that was a, that was a t- that was a tasty little nugget. Yeah, fun little thing. Yeah. There you uh, go. Like, Sometimes you, know, you have your dessert in the middle of the meal. That's yeah, all I'm that's saying. Yeah, that's definitely that was that 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 kind of band is definitely a sugar rush. Um, but you know they do this cool thing like some like or not they did this cool thing where they like did a like a minor bar chord and strum all the way through it distorted. It's just a it's a nice full. You're looking at me like you think I know what you're talking about. No, I, I I'm not saying you do. There's just a specific sound there that I liked. I enjoyed. Well, I'm, I'm glad. You're welcome. Yeah. Or I'm welcome, I guess. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. Thank Jay. me. I'm pretty dumb. Uh, yes. Thank, thank me very thank much. Me. <laughs> hey, I welcomed you to some of this uh, fine Admiral Nelson's I, premium I, spiced I, rum. I, I did have some of that Admiral Nelson's, and I think I'm about I'm gonna, uh, about to have some more. They, they, they call it premium spiced rum, but really it just tastes like vanilla. It tastes like vanilla. It tastes like how strippers smell. Oh wow, that's, that's <laughs> super specific. Um, <laughs> does it does it, it actually need, says that on the bottle. Does it taste <laughs> like strippers? Admiral Nelson. It tastes like how strippers smell. I don't know why like that's glitter? in quotes. <laughs> right, there's little. Well, it's sort of like it's sort of like Goldschlager, except instead of like the gold foil, it's like little pieces, little of pieces glitter. of glitter. Yeah. Yeah. All right, kids, let's get back into uh, the go to beds. So did you notice that if you try to uh, look up the go-to-beds on Wikipedia, that it shoots you to the drummer for Wires page, Robert mm. Go-to-bed? No. Which I, I can only assume that's how they got the name. Yeah, no, that is. Is, is it's that a, how they It's got a riff it? on his name. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was just, again, them being like doing that punky, punny stuff like, 
you kids go to bed. Well, no, there's that, and they also were distributed. This record was distributed by One Two X U, which is a Wire reference in and of itself. I think it's a Wire song. Uh, you know that that band pops up a lot in my life, and I, I'm completely unfamiliar with their music. Uh, I had a roommate who was really into the album Pink Flag, which is kind of like their, no pun intended, flagship record, like the one they're known for uh, mostly. That might be one to bring up because I don't remember it that well. But, you know, kind of angular, you know, punky, late 70s shit. It's pretty pretty much. I mean, I've, I've heard, I think, a couple songs here and there, and yeah, angular. The other one that comes up a lot with this band, uh, the Go-To-Beds, is The Fall. And I've, I don't know right. dick about The Fall. And I've heard know. about them. And they tend to mention The Fall around the time that they talk a little bit oh. about pavement influences. And you can hear mm-hmm. some of those, each one of those acts. All I know about The Fall is apparently the fucking singer guy. Mark E. Smith. Mark E. Smith is a total douchebag. No, but oh, okay. So Mark has pulled up a timeline and shows all the former members of the Fall. Yeah, and um, there's only one that's constant. Marquis Smith is the only one that's think he's a dick. Like, could be, but also again, they're, dude, you were Johnny on the spot with that, Mark. Like that's crazy. That, I was looking for I because I, it just came up this weekend. I saw somebody post something, and I want to say it was. Uh, needlepoint or or some sort of macrame or, or other uh, crafty thing where this person did um, did these little uh, portraitures of every single person that's played in the fall. And it made me think of that. I was trying Dude, to find Dude, it's that, a lot. What, what are we looking at, like 30? It looks like 50. More than that, like, like 40 or 50, yeah. Well, yeah, but but here, so here's – when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago about a lot of members, but, I mean, the band has also been around for 40 years as of this year, so. Still, dude. I know. It's a lot of fucking people, man. 66 members over wow. 41 years. Wow. With about a third of the musicians lasting for less than a year. Yeah, the, apparently the dude is a total fucking asshole. That's all I'm I I'm sure, know. like, all these, every single one of them come in, came into it going, like, oh, this is an opportunity of a lifetime. And then, like, a couple months in, they're like, what the fuck have I done? Fuck this. Yeah. So you kids at home are probably wondering, what does this have to do with the go-to-beds? Well, apparently the go-to-beds cite them as a, a, as, as a big influence. I don't know much about the fall. Oh, I no. thought the way that you were saying that is like, like you had, like you were just about to drop some kind of bomb that you figured out or something. But yeah, no, no I'm just trying to get us back on. No, track. We're, yeah, I know we're we're going off on little side streets here. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You want to pick another song? Yeah, let's do it. I, you know, um, I the, I do want to pick what was the uh, what was it? Sex Machine or wait, that's James Brown. Sex tape? Uh, no, no, it was fucking machine. <laughs> fucking machine, right? Uh, I I want to listen to that purely because I just I'm I'm very they, well. You know that's a real thing, right? Like there there are actual machines. I like uh, real sex on HBO. No, uh, no, has, I know what it is. Done a yeah. whole segment on it and like no, there's there's a whole um. I used to work at a porn store. Yeah, that is like, true. There, yeah, there's a whole like um name for it. I can't subculture of subculture. Yeah, as well. Um, but anyway, I just. I really love, and they endeared themselves to me very much when, in the beginning of the song, they sample, um, just for a second, Everybody Dance Now by CNC Music Factory. Oh, yeah, so and that took me to a very specific place, and yeah. I'll expound later. Going to make you sweat is what I'm, I'm thinking the reference is there, but... Okay, well, yeah, let's do it. Let's listen to it, Mark. Appetite overcomes intention every time. The working class is not fat. It's no longer fat. That song, um, I was going to say this earlier, and um, one of the artists that we haven't talked about 
in relation to maybe influences. Um, that sounds like uh, the Modern Lovers a little bit, like the way he sings on a it. Little, uh, I, I get like an Irish pub dirge kind of I, thing I think off it's of the it. Sound, he's, he's got a – yeah, I'm, I'm not saying the song sounds like the Modern Lovers. There's just a thing with the way that he's – that he's there's a little Jonathan Richman I can hear thing I can going hear, on there. I can hear that in there. Well, there's a lot of humor in Modern Lovers, and and there's a lot of humor all over this record, but not so much that it it's not like Tenacious I, D where it just sucks. <laughs> like usually, I don't like my humor and my music together. Uh, Weird Al Yankovic. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yankovic or Yankovic? Yankovic. I never know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I never met the band, but that's no. what you're. I'm not you're sure why you looked at me like. <laughs> Am I supposed to look that I, up? I, because he, because he, gave, he gave he gave me a very very solid answer, and I was just looking for you to to confirm it. One one thing that we haven't really talked about to a, to a great degree is the fact that these guys really appreciate the double entendre, like almost like as much as like a like quirky country records. Right, like, that's what I was saying. Like, there's well, yeah, you said something while the, the song was playing. Like, I, I'm not sure what you meant, though. Okay, so like, if somebody says, "Ah, oh, that thing runs with like a fucking machine" or whatever, like it, you know, like if you're like, or you could just be, you know, angry at it. Uh, yeah. Like, to me, yeah, this, the the song machine. just sounds like like a pub dirge that you hoist a pint to and kind of sway. Yeah, yeah, but and I'm and the name of the song just kind of is incidental. Well, it shows it up. But I'm saying that it could mean a couple of different things, just like the title of this album. It could be like, you're a fucking machine, or like sometimes like uh, if you... Or a literal thing that has like a Automa- uh, automated oh, dong. <laughs> well, yeah, I know, but also like if you have like, you know, that, that thing runs like a fucking machine. Like, you know, your your bar staff could be like, you know, really tight, or your band could be really tight. Like, you know, some... Anyway, this track... Is, was one example of that. The name of the record is another example of that. Like, yeah, more people are revolting. Yeah. yeah. So it's like they're clearly having a little bit of fun with like, and you know, if you listen to the way the songs are executed, it doesn't sound like they take themselves that seriously. So, you know, don't think about it too hard, peoples. <laughs> they take themselves just seriously enough that the music is really good. I what? wish that Wimpy Garcia was the name of somebody in the band. Wimpy Garcia is it might be might be a, a fucking awesome song title and uh, Shane has a thorny relationship with Jerry Garcia. Uh, well, I wasn't even why thinking Jerry? About, I wasn't, Who cares? I yeah. wasn't thinking. Like, I was just Garcia. That's well, that's where I go with it. Hey, hey, it just makes me think of the well, song you, song you wrote in uh, in homage to Jerry Garcia back in the day. It has like like one word in the lyrics. Jerry song. Yep. Yeah. Jerry. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Good stuff. I mean, there's a lot of Garcias out there in the world. That's true. There are more than one. Wimpy obviously is one of them, I, but that's you know. Yeah, eats a lot of like hamburgers, but they're on. That's where you go. Yeah, they're on tortillas. All right, man. You want you guys want to do one more? Uh, well, yeah. The the, the one that I I like quite a bit, and it does have a little bit of that like kind of early aughts sound to it. But I like I like Rollin Benny. Yeah, it's a good song. I don't care where the where the sound comes Actually, from. Actually, you know what? Let's do sex tape because it reminds me of a Chicago song. But if they like took a bunch of acid and like <laughs> played on a bed of rusty nails, okay, <laughs> let's let's do that. Let's do right. sex. And it's not it's that's another. It's one. a super long song. We're, we're obviously not going to play the whole thing. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah. All right, let's do sex tape. Yeah, like uh, Mark just played a little snippet of uh, 25 or 64 by Chicago. 
and like it's the same fucking riff, but just taken from a completely different tack. Yeah, you're right. I I, I didn't know what that was. It's like that little chromatic thing, like yeah. Yeah, but if uh, if somebody had slipped Chicago a bunch of acid and then locked him in a room with a bunch of rusty nails, that might have been what you got. Locked him in like a like a tiny punk club. And it al- it also a little bit not necessarily sonically, but remind me of that hidden track on Nirvana's Nevermind, "Endless Nameless," that just goes on where they just kind of like have this weird riff that goes in and out, and I, they just kind of Kurt just kind of like squalls. Is that like a hidden? It's at the end of. I, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah I, if you I, have the CD, like I didn't ever the to the that. record will end, and then. You go through like a good five minutes of nothing, and then this hidden track shows up, and it's it's about as focused as that song. So what you're saying is not very. No, not very. There's a reason why like they put that kind song of, at the at the end of the record. Mm-hmm. I mean, I still enjoy it, but like it goes on and on and on and. Yeah, it's a little it's a little long and meandery for me. Like, but you know, it's not bad. It's like not like. Like what were you saying, Tenacious? It's not like Tenacious D. Oh, dude, that shit is interminable to me. Yeah, no, you and I are on the same page there. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely filing that one away for for dude for some time. Don't make me regret having brought that up. Oh, you know what? I was gonna. So I forgot to say this, but what I was going to do for this week um, instead of this album was Limp Biscuit. And that might be be amusing. Well, okay. So here's the thing. Here's the reason why I didn't pick it, because there are three like albums at the height of their popularity, like ninety seven, ninety nine, the, the giant toilet phase. Yeah, like when they were really famous and shit. Then there was one. The, however, they do have their the, one of the most amusing. Like it was like the, something chocolate in the hot dog water or something. Like whatever. Yeah. So, but anyway, something chocolate in the hot dog water. That's like the name of the record. It's like it's like something chocolate. This may be shocking to you, but I've never owned a Limp Biscuit record. Yes, I know. None of, none of us have ever listened to anything by Limp Biscuit except like like when forced to. Yeah. So, but uh, so they uh, chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water. That's mm. the name of the album they put out in mm. like two thousand. So. Anyway, but none of the okay that album is seventy five minutes long, and the two before it are over an hour long. And I'm not gonna make you guys listen to fucking Limp Bizkit for an hour. Well, I appreciate that. So if they had had like some sort of like EP or some shit, I probably would have fucking done it. But uh, Kevin, did you have something queued up you wanted to read? Fred Durst is the worst. That's not what I wanted to read, but I just feel compelled to but share. That was concise, and I appreciate that. It was. No, yeah, he's pretty bad. Yeah. No. Was, uh, and frankly, like. Just looking at when that record came out, there are a lot of people that are listed as producers on that album that that get talked about in that uh, Hot Carl book that I keep bringing up. The Kanye West owes me three hundred bucks. Anyway, that's that whole era of Interscope where and Fred Durst plays like a, essentially. It's shocking, but he's kind of an asshole. What? Yeah, no, it's true. Anyway, um, yeah, homeboy. For um, I actually found a CMJ review of this record, which I was like, oh, well, I got to bring that in. Um, Anyway, uh, Homeboy says uh, basically that, that, you know, the question about this record is, like, one of the one of the questions that the band seems to be asking is, like, you know, along the lines of those double entendres is, like, what are you going to do with your life? And he says the answer so far on this debut seems to be we're going to crank out tunes like mid-Sonic Youth and, and as an impatient garage band. <laughs> Bouncy riffs are played clangy in tone but with taut with tension hyper rhythms bug-eyed collegiate yelping and uh sneaky hooks all uh kind of band together like a band who's been played way more shows than they should have at this stage so anyway you know i don't know i think i didn't know cmj was still a thing well i it's an online new music monthly is not a thing but i mean i guess apparently they put out a it's still an industry rag Okay. And so, like, I, I assume that they just review when they feel like it or... You know, oh, but that's pretty concise, and it brought up the other thing that, you know, this record kind of reminded me of, was that, that kind of garage rock thing that was happening in, like, the late 90s, early aughts, um, Hives, Vines, that kind of thing, where, you know, some of these are just ridiculous hooks, uh, and yeah, good on them. Well, and even the, the track that we were just listening to, like, you know, you were talking about the... 
25 or 64. Yeah, I know. Like, I got that fucking song in my head. I know. Once you hear it, it's like, now it's stuck in there. All I can see it's here. It's the like, exact same riff, just way dirtier. It is way, yeah, dirt. it is way dirtier. And, and like, it's like the thing about their version of it is, like, they just don't seem to be, like, they play that riff. Over and over again, and they don't seem to be any hurry to go. Anywhere. No hurry whatsoever. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're just gonna <laughs> screw around and yeah. see where it goes, and then uh, the end of the record. Yeah. So you kind of you, you, it gives you like that song in particular just kind of gave me an appreciation for sort of what this band's all about. They're not. They are um, in many ways they're the opposite of the uh, short Dolly Parton ditty. Yeah. Uh, well, that there, song certainly. There are certain there are certain tracks that are not not particularly long, but it's like in general, like they they don't mind um, breaking a few uh, glasses along the way. Well, and, and I'll, I, I know I mentioned it earlier, but I just kept coming back to like these guys sound like they genuinely love playing with each other, and I mean that in the musical sense. Yeah. <laughs> like they no, they genuinely <laughs> enjoy each other's company, and like that song. You know, is a, a good example of that. Like they, they don't, they don't need to go anywhere. You like, know, we're having fun I, right now. I don't want to sidebar too far in this, mm-hmm. but it did. It does remind me of like one of the things that, uh, like I saw the, you know, I, I've mentioned before that um, I haven't read the whole thing because the book is fucking huge. But um, I, I will pick up and read for a while and then put down the Peter uh, Peter Hook story on um, oh, Joy, Joy Division. Division. Yeah, yeah. And I saw there was a course there was a movie that that came out about that band too. And one of the things that he said in the end of it always stuck with me, which was like, he said, you know, he was like, we were all like really pretty much on the same page from day one, and it was easy. And I feel mm-hmm. like really good bands a lot of the time we talk about on the show a lot how they come out of the womb, so to speak, like fully formed. I feel like these yeah guys they'll, have just, an they'll just have like a, a unique chemistry with each other where they just are like oh yep this is it yeah. Yeah, and if you changed one person, it would be just a completely different. It band. would be the fall. It would be the fall <laughs> if you change sixty people. <laughs> it's like you could have you could have you could have a like yeah a whole section full That's of people that used like, to be in the fall. You remember the, remember that uh, that uh, that review Fell, that I, as I it were. read? Uh, I'm trying to remember where it was, but it was like right after uh, Bill Berry left and REM put out a record without him, and uh, it was like they just look I over at the, up, the right. Uh, yeah, I think it might. Yeah, I think it was up. But it's like, uh, you know, they just look over at the empty drummer chair <laughs> and and just miss him. <laughs> and you can totally tell. Isn't that dude like a fucking farmer now? Yeah, he farms hay. <laughs> yeah, well, sure. I mean, he's a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. Hey, you know what I'm going to do today? I'm, I'm going to let my unibrow grow in and, <laughs> and go farm some hay. Go farm farm hay. some hay. That's yeah. good stuff. All right, Ryan. You're welcome, and yeah, thanks, man. I I, I I I love it so much. I do not want to hear any fucking whining next time I pick something that you're not. That's not totally. You've you've bought yourself some political capital. I mean, you can whine about it all you want during the broadcast, but I don't want any whining after the show or before the show. Like, all right, mom. What about okay. on the, what about during the breaks? Well, I mean, yeah, you can whine during the breaks, whatever. I think. Well, all right, so who's got the who's uh, Ryan's got, got it. the thing? Ryan, what's oh got? yeah, uh, Nina Diaz. Oh, um, yes, it's just going to be a performance video, and I actually have forgotten the name of the song, so I'm going to have to look it up right now. All right, well, uh, but I I did remember that uh, I had this, and <laughs> it is one of the first things that pops up. So I played a, a, uh, a January 9th. I played it. This is a this great one. fucking song. I played it. She used to be the singer for Girl in a Coma. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And I just yeah no I just happened to hear on our favorite radio station uh, the other day yeah, uh, KUTX and I uh, Shazammed her and I'm like oh this is really good I looked her up and I'm like oh well, that's why I like she she was in Girl in a Coma. All right. Well, let's listen to it. All right. Every time I try to find another place to stay. Every time I try to look away, it seems to cave. Oh, in the back of my mind, in the back of my mind. Every time I try to look away, I scream your name. Every time I try to walk away, I stand the same. Oh, in the back of my mind, in the back of my mind. 
like a that wasn't even the song that I shazammed, but I found that in the course of uh, checking that out. Checking and like, it out. God damn that song. It's a um, it's a good song. And I'm not generally one for like performance videos, and and not only was it a performance video, it was a live performance. Well, it's a live performance, but here's what. Let's just let's just go ahead and, and let everybody in on the secret. There's there's probably a real good reason why you're okay with that live performance well, video. She, she's um she's not hard to look at. No, it's it's real easy to watch her. Well, she's also video. she also like is clearly enjoying herself and really into it, and also punk rock Renfair. Yeah, let's talk about the bass player for a second because we could talk all goddamn day long about how incredibly attractive Nina Diaz is, but her bass player—he's an odd looking dude. It, the, okay, so there's a couple of things going on. So let's spell it out. So, so number one, he's playing a seven string bass. I don't think I've ever seen one of those. Well, okay, so let's Certainly talk about not in person. seven-string guitars are guitars that were Ibanez started putting them out in the '80s. They're like the kind of like Steve Vai and other guitars. Yeah, yeah Ibanez was always like like the kind of noodly uh, quasi metal company. Look, if anybody if anybody shows up at a gig or an audition with a six-string bass, I'm just like, thank you very much for your time. <laughs> like, yeah, ready to go. I don't yeah. like. I don't need you. Uh, but um, but he's also got he's got like kind of like tri or quad colored hair, bunch of piercings, tattoos. Well, and like and like the kind of quasi, uh, not a faux hawk. No, no, no. Where they got shaved on the sides. on the sides, but long down but the back. And, like yeah. it, was, it was a real '90s, like early '90s thing. There was a certain kind of guy that. I mean, he he he, he, he ably played his instrument. No, he sounded great. He sounded he sounded great. He's just a weird he's looking dude. An, it was just an odd looking. Stylistic sartorial choices are are being made. Correct, uh, but man, fantastic song! Like even if she, even like if she Kevin, wasn't hot, those tiny desk shows are like nine times out of ten are always a kick. Like I think you know for the same reason that the, you know that that some of the unplugged stuff plays really well elsewhere. You know you get to see bands are kind of on the rise doing their in their element. In this case, you know I think like it's a pretty like. One thing that struck me was like the kind of the power behind her voice and like what an intimate setting that was. It was like, you know, it was that played a little bit like she looked like she could yeah, carry drum, a bigger drummer, room than that without too much trouble. Drummer was playing brushes and like nobody was but, mic. It's just room mics. Like the the guitars weren't plugged in. Like she didn't have a. Did she have a mic in front of her? I vocals? think so. Yeah. If she did, I can't remember. Um, I definitely wasn't looking at the. But mic. I mean, the mix sounded great. Uh, yeah, the whole room sounded good. The guitars weren't plugged in. It was just. So mic. do we know? Okay, I don't know a whole lot about the Tiny Desk series of NPR stuff. It was it is an NPR show. Yeah, we've done a couple of them in the past. I think I know. I know that we've I've, done at least one. And I know that I've played one, but uh, yeah, it's it's a great series. It you know. Yeah, they're really so terrific. Our friend Phil has done a couple of these. Are they uh, are they like a bookstore record record store? I can't. Oh, they're in the studios. Tell. They're in like the NPR studios in like, oh, okay. Washington D.C. Yeah, like, well, they're just a lot of racks. It, of it's like somebody's fucking like office. It's I'm yeah, Bob sure. Boylan's office. He's the guy yeah. that kind of okay. produces it. And yeah. anyway, like yeah, I I was just like, oh, dude, this is. And I, I think this was just recorded like two or three months ago. So anyway, very current. Uh, <laughs> Still got that new car smell. <laughs> not yes. like not like seven years yes, ago. Yes, yes. That you just discovered current yeah. for you. Yeah. Well, all right, that was good stuff. So this was episode ninety nine. Is that right? It was right. episode ninety nine, and next week we are going to be doing a supersize. Well, not next week. Or next week for next show. Next, next, next show. show. Okay, not next week. Next week is fucking South by Southwest, and none of us have time for this for this show during that. But it'll be, it'll be a mixtape. We're gonna do a supersized mixtape show, and we'll we're gonna we'll reveal all. Yeah, uh, but we have we have point. we have things in motion, and um, yeah. So yeah, we made it to a hundred almost. <laughs> Woo! All right, fingers crossed. We'll make it through next week alive. But if you would uh, like a piece of the cake that we'll be serving at the hundred uh, episode. Uh, just uh, drop us a line at message somebody at gmail dot com. <laughs> uh, subject line: Send me some of that cake. Or find us on Facebook or whatever. But it's, yeah, there's there's places. Anyway, for now, who are you? Uh, me? Yeah. Oh, um, I'm Shane. I'm Ryan. I'm Kevin. And I'm Mark. Somebody liked it. <laughs>